Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday and happy September. Fall is around the corner. I cannot wait. I know my counterpart can wait. He's hoping summer will last forever. But we know that doesn't happen, at least not in the Midwest. So, this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, and since I'm on the show this this part by myself, I'm going to say chocolate ice cream with no snickerdoodle sprinkles. <laughs> then check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. I am Desiree Fletcher Carruthers and my cohort, Kaylin Patterson will be with us shortly. He is on his way back from men's choir practice at his church. So he is hustling to get on the airwaves. And that you know what? You know, snickerdoodle sprinkles, it's always better when you have those. So we're going to have the chocolate ice cream with snickerdoodle sprinkles, even though Kalen's not here to advocate for that. And uh, just welcome, guys. Glad to have you back. Um, this past weekend, Kaylin was at the Windy City Naturals, and that is promoted by uh, Brian and Waishali McCabe, and it sounds like it was a fantastic show, as it always is, and uh, I believe that was Kaylin's fourth show of the month, or at least fourth show in five weeks, so once he gets on, we will definitely get the details on that, so he is going to have a much-needed break after after this past weekend, but before we get into all of the ins and outs of how Kaylin's performance went, our guest tonight was also at the Windy City Natural, and his name is Freddie Elias, and Freddie is a uh, men's bodybuilding and classic physique competitor, so Freddie, welcome to P4P Real Talk, and please introduce yourself to our listener land. Sure, thank you for the introduction. I've listened to you guys for quite some time, so I appreciate you having me awesome. on. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep, my name is Fred Elias. I'm 44 years old, and I'm from Illinois, from Chicago originally. I live in Belvedere, Illinois currently. I've been competing in natural bodybuilding since the age of 15. And wow. uh, my first show, yeah, my very first show was at the Puerto Rican Carnival in Humboldt Park in Chicago. And um, that was a non-sanctioned event, but that was what got me into it, working out at a local gym. And uh, from there, my first sanctioned event was in 2002 in uh, North American Natural Bodybuilding Federation. And that show was the at one time now, it, they don't have it no longer, with the Midwest Classic, Muscle Classic. And uh, that All was right. in Chicago. And I won my novice class in that show, and I came in second in the open in a crossover. And the uh, overall has eluded me ever since. And um, that was my uh, first sanctioned event, and I had also competed a second time in 2002, three months down the road at the uh, Supernatural, I believe, um, the former president of the NENBF, I think his name was, um, I know I was talking to Kalen about it because he remembers it was in Bourbonnais. The, the guy's last name was Yates or Yeats. David, okay. maybe David yep. Yeats? Yep. And, yep, uh, I think so. I that think was that's a, it. Yeah, it was a supernatural. It was called, uh, it, was, it was something supernatural. And it was, at, back then you had to qualify for pro. So you, you basically had to win, I believe, a open overall before you qualified to, or you um you had to win the open or a novice class overall to uh, actually uh, qualify for a pro card back then, I believe. And so that, that was that show. And I, I came in second place out of 16 guys back then. Wow. And, uh, there were big shows. Yeah, that was, they were pretty big shows back then. Yeah. And, um, there was no classic, of course, 
no classic physique or, you know, no physique or bikini back then. It was just pure bodybuilding. So the shows were relatively yep. short. You know, it, it was just a couple hours. And uh, so that that's me pretty much in a nutshell. And uh, I recently made a comeback on, you know, in, in 20, it was mm. 2017, I think I competed. Uh, I made a comeback after not competing since 2002 so I had quite some time layoff in 15 years or so and that show was um, the Mr. Illinois in Joliet, Illinois the, uh, from the North American Natural Bodybuilding. It was Mr. Illinois and uh, I got first place in men's 40 plus and I got second and uh, oh I got first also in the men's tall class open and I lost the overall. It has eluded me again. <laughs> so, and so that was my comeback. I had a long, a long hiatus. And uh, those are the, the two shows. And then I did another show uh, in 2018, which was the Windy City. And I came in fourth in men's bodybuilding there. And so here we are in 2019. And and um, I I got first place in the men's 40 plus and third place in classic and fourth place in men's bodybuilding again. Gotcha. Well, you know, and that's, that's, well, and that's, and that's a good place to be. And it sounds like you, even though with the hiatus in there, you've had a, uh, a very varied career. And I know we want to talk more about the Windy City that just happened last weekend, but I've got to go back to the very beginning at age 15. I mean, what what made you decide that you were going to step on stage in bodybuilding? And at 15, I mean, most boys are just figuring out how to lift weight. So were you already lifting for a little bit before that, or you just thought it was something cool that you were going to do? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't remember why I got into this sport. And uh, it just started with the old sand weights, the old plastic weights. And um, yep. I remember my my brother was a mentor of mine, a father figure, and he worked out and he he had, you know, put on put together quite the body at the time. And I was into martial arts as a kid growing up. And I always wanted that. And if you remember back in – you know, the late 80s, 89, 85. That was the years that Jean-Claude Van Damme was around. Remember that? And he mm-hmm. was one of those oh, built, yeah. built mar- I wanted to look like him. And I wanted a back like Bruce Lee, but I wanted to look like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And that's what what my appetite. And you know what? With the martial arts, I need to start working out. And so I, I caught the bug. I would wake up in the morning and, I, you know, I'd use those little plastic weights that my brother sand weights. And I did a little bit of everything. And uh, before you know it, I started putting together, you know, things started coming out. My body started changing. My brother noticed a little bit. And uh, a local gym had opened up not too far from my home back then. And I started going there. And it was pretty a hardcore gym at the time. And I was taken under the wing of some seasoned bodybuilders. And they would always, you know, compliment me and tell me that, you know, they seen they watched me change. They watched my body change pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would tell me what was weak and what would need work immediately as I grew. So sim- one of the things that I was very fortunate uh, growing up was I had some critics looking at me along the way and telling me, hey, you needed to work on this. You need to balance this out or this is an area you need to be concerned about. And um, this local gym was called Mario's Gym in Chicago. And um, – they had also would put on a show once a year in the summertime in uh, the Puerto Rican carnival. And so they used to have the stage and they would have a competition. And I was part of that competition one year. And uh, that really springboarded me into uh, competitive bodybuilding. And uh, I just like the feeling overall of, and the, you know, the stage I was, a you know, I always, felt like that was somewhere I belonged and that was something I supposed to be doing it was you know it's a really strange feeling when you know that's what I you know it's assuring and I felt comfortable doing that I enjoyed it thoroughly yeah kind of weird I mean you know it kind of is but once you get the bug you just you just have it 
you just have right? it. Right, yeah. There's not much, uh-huh. mo- not much more you can do with it other than to carry on and keep competing and doing what you love. So you had that first sure. experience at the Puerto Rican Carnival. You were a young kid. You had the bug. You continued to compete, grow, um, progress from there. But then you took a hiatus. So um, was it just life that got in the way and you were focused on other things that you decided to take a break? Um, and then what brought you back? Yeah, that was life for sure. I had, you know, we had children. I say we, and you know, I didn't have the baby my wife did, right? But I also got yeah. really big. <laughs> I gained a lot of weight. I gained a lot of weight. And, yeah, life was in the way quite a bit. And being newlyweds and having children fairly quick while we were together, it was a lot of getting to know each other on a more intimate level. Uh, you know, and so my habit uh, of working out kind of dwindled to the wayside. And then after we had our kids, um, you know, I started getting back into it. My wife was, you know, hey, what's this all about? You know, we, we weren't together very long before she picked up this, you know, hey, you know, what's this all about? Just working out. You waking up early and leaving the house. And I told her, you know, I'm going to work out. You mm-hmm. want to come with? And so we started doing it together. Again, you know, working out, and uh, nice. There was in, yeah, and that's how we, we, you know, we we started doing that just to stay in shape. And uh, it used to be powerhouse gym back in the day. Then they turned into export fitness, and that's where we started working out again. And um, I wasn't competing, but we were just working out. So it wasn't until 2002 that uh, I did a competition and then that long hiatus came where I just, I just kind of gave up on working out altogether and largely in part, not because of children, but because uh, the occupation I'm in. So I'm talking to gotcha. you from behind the wheel of an 18 wheeler semi truck. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I got an earpiece on, I'm talking to you through, through a Bluetooth. So everybody's, safe um, and, and, and I'm a hands-free device you know although I drove I drive locally I'm home every night and I do 10 hours a day I do um, you know it's, it's a pretty demanding job uh, and it requires a lot of your attention and very difficult to eat properly doing this job yes. especially if you work late nights so it took a couple years to get used to the schedule of driving and eating and driving and eating, but I got it down packed now. I got it down packed, and I got a handle on it, and so it's working out where I could actually do the two. <laughs> and so wow, once that's I figured, amazing. Once I, once I figured out this balancing act of work, life, and the gym, um, the stress levels were down, and I was able to um, really make some big changes in my physique at my age. At 40-plus years, I've seen, you know, some changes that said, you know, and I, I go, well, you know what, I might be able to get on the stage again. You know, it might be very much possible. So I gave it a shot in uh, 2000, I mean, um, in 2017 at the uh, Mr. Illinois in Joliet, and it worked out pretty good. It worked out to my favor, and good. I won the open, yeah, and I won the uh, 40 plus. So I was happy. Awesome. That's good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And you know, and I'm glad that you bring up that um, you are a truck driver because I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. But, you know, I just like the fact that you are demonstrating that you can have that type of refreshing. Granted, you are home every night, and I realize over the road is even, you know, when you're gone right. days and weeks at a time is even more difficult. Sure. But the fact right is, is that you you do have this demanding job and you are making it work and you are, you know, pretty much sedentary a good part of the time because you are driving until you have to get out, unload, or whatever those few things are. But for most part of the day, you yeah. are sedentary. But, you know, you found a way, you made it happen. And I know that there are other truck drivers out there um, that are making it happen that are over the road and, you know, they might have a membership at Anytime Fitness. So for the most part, wherever they go, they're able to work out, you know, when it fits into their schedule. But the majority of them aren't. And it just seems like a profession that just 
it's very easy to fall in the trap of being unhealthy because you are forced to be sedentary for so long, day after day after day. And I just wonder if just the health of a lot of drivers is just suffering because of that. Um, and I don't know, as an industry, yeah. and I know I'm I'm getting off track here, guys, but just bear with me. As an industry, and you being a truck driver, does the industry do anything to try and help its drivers live healthier lives given the nature of their job? Or is it just kind of like if you have the drive to do it, then you'll do it. But if not, then there's just really no resources for a truck driver out there. Yeah, not so much. One of the things that the Department of Transportation has done in order to acquire a CDL Class A license or even a B license for that matter is that you have to have a physical. And that physical um, is done some uh, on a yearly to every three-year basis, depending on if that person's already on medication for some form of illness. And so you do have to maintain a certain amount of health and fitness in order to drive a truck. So a good majority of truck drivers already have high blood pressure. They have diabetes. And all those medicines uh, have to be accounted for, and they have to uh, pass a physical on a yearly basis. So, for instance, I developed high blood pressure when I started working nights. I was 228 pounds. And I gained a lot of weight when I started driving. I started driving nights to Indiana and back. That was my only thing I had to do was driving a straight line from Elgin, Illinois to Indiana. Well, between Elgin, Illinois and Indiana, I was devouring all sorts of stuff, cakes, cookies, anything (laughs) to stay awake. And I found myself at 228 pounds, a size 38, pushing a size 40. And waistline. And uh, so I got diagnosed one year. Um, I think my last physical before I got diagnosed with high blood pressure, my blood pressure was like 110 over 56. Something really good. I got, I mean, the nurse who took my test complimented me. She's like, you must run. And I thought I laughed. And uh, Mm -hmm. a a year later, we took the test again, and my blood pressure was like 150 over 90 something. And then they're like, you have prehypertension. And I'm like, no way. It's just impossible to have this. So it turns out that um, whether or not that unhealthy lifestyle created it or genetics, um, I still currently have it. It's not as bad. It's control. Um, I went from 228 to 158 this competition. And uh, I've been able to maintain since 2016 a body weight between one, about 190 and between 150. 158, my leanest. So somewhere between, I kind of float around. You know, after Thanksgiving, sometimes I get loose, and then my weight will go up to like 190-ish. And then, you know, I find myself right back down to 175 once I get rid of all the sodium, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Around Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I've been, you know, flexible (laughs) dieting has been one thing I had adhered to, uh, and I found more adherable. Um, and, and my life sounds suitable for what I for the kind of work I do. So um, I've been able to keep it off, but yes, truck drivers are in really bad shape, very <laughs> bad shape. And uh, there's not much, you know, they the, as far as health and resources um, that employers provide for truck drivers, there's almost none. There's nothing preventive. Um, the current employer offers health screenings yearly with the benefit of a financial reward. If we take a health screening, um, our blood work will come back and we, then, you know, we find out if something's wrong and just that something, you know, it's usually, there's, there's no incentive to stay um, healthy. In other words, just because mm-hmm. the job is demanding, I never know what time I'm going to get off to work. So I can get off to work at five o'clock. Sometimes it could be nine o'clock and I never know what time I'm going to go to the gym. And, yep. uh, yep. I, I totally, I totally understand, you know, when I talk, yeah, it is, you know, I, I talk to guys my age and they're like, you know, I don't know how you do it. And, uh, I get it. Cause well, I don't, when I get up at nine o'clock, I want to go to sleep cause I got to be back up, you know, at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. So, um, I'm kind of weird like that. I like the 
that and whenever I feel like not doing something, I kind of push myself to do things I don't like. And it's a weird yep. thing that I have yeah, I, and I found I a lot call of it, I would call it perseverance more than being weird, but you know, if weird's what we want to call it, we'll roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ivy, I'm trying I'm trying to do this perseverance thing and being kind to people as I'm doing it cuz when I usually walk in the gym and I don't want to be there, I don't look too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Until they talk to me. Once someone talks to me, I find commonality, and it's because it's very uncommon. You know, it, we have a close grip community yeah. in the bodybuilding and working out in general. You know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, uh, Kaylin has joined <laughs> us, um, but before we have KP jump in here, I've got some listener comments and a question that I'd like to to get to here. Um, this one comes from Bill. He says, it sounds like on the road drivers don't get much help when it comes to health. And Bill, that is what it does sound like. It's got my little mind turning on, boy, my gosh, what can we do? I don't know what that is yet. It is such a big industry. I mean, I don't even know. I would have to look up how many hundreds of thousands of over the road drivers um, cross, crisscross the U.S. every single day. But it's a lot. If any of you have ever been up yeah. late night and just driven past truck stops or just alongside the road and you see all the trucks that are pulled in and just lined up alongside the road and everything else, that doesn't even scratch the surface of the number that's out there. But there are lots of them. Um, this one you know, is from I, Jacob. He says, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I just want to say something before I forget and to the effect of what this gentleman has said. You know, it, it, one yeah. thing that can be done if there's an incentive besides you know come on let's just face it you know sometimes we have to face death and in order to change you know we're faced with hey, look yeah. you're going to die or you're going to live lose the weight some things can be prevented by and if the employers saw that if they keep their drivers healthy maybe let's give them a discounted price for a gym offer them incentive financially if they meet yeah. you know weight requirements Hey, you know what, guy? If you lose 10 pounds in a year, you get 500 bucks. How about that for a safety bonus? It's going to help the uh, employer not have to pay out on so much on insurance, perhaps. Yes. And you'll be able to retain mm-hmm. a driver healthy. But you know what? If there's a fine, yeah. I found if there's a, some kind of reward in it for the truck driver, because they're very money focused, uh, they will more likely do that. And so. Um, employers can step to the plate and find a way to make it, uh, maybe, what is it right word, be lucrative or enticing, yep. you know? Yep. All of the above. All of the above. So if we have any uh, <laughs> any truck, <laughs> truck company executives or owners out there, take a listen. Check your bottom line. See if that's something that you can work in there. Um, I'm sure you right. can. We're all trying to work that in there in our own personal lives. How do we afford the gym? It's the question that's out there all the time. Um, this question or this comment here is from Jacob. He says, hats off to him, meaning you, Fred, for even wanting to be in shape, much less compete. So there you go. And right. uh, while you were Thank talking you. about um, that you use or that you like flexible dieting as part of your lifestyle, it dovetails into the question we have from Prince. Um, and he wants to know how you maintain your diet while on the road. So you use flexible dieting, but how do you get that to work from you, work for you while still on the road? Yeah, yeah my flexible dieting is very flexible because uh, there's times I wake up and mm-hmm. I do want to eat more fats than carbohydrates, and I'm able to do that within my calorie range. But I did find that um, there are some staples in my diet that I always find myself going back to, you know, the, the basic chicken and rice or steak and rice, thin steak and rice. But, you know, every now and again, I just got to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on raisin bread. And mm. if I don't have it, I might find myself binging anyway. So it's better to adhere to my lifestyle. I don't like calling it a diet. I re- within my macronutrient mm-hmm. range and count it and maybe shortchange myself on protein once in a while in order to have what I want. And I'll do that. But, you know, some, it is prep, you, you know, prepping what I want to eat. 
And uh, these things that I'm speaking of, you know, especially chicken and rice and, you know, thin steak, thin sandwich steak, things like that, are so easy to cook in bulk. I could just throw that in a pot and season it, and in five minutes I got a meal for three days, you know. And uh, I, that's how we do it. You know, that's how we make it to where it's not so difficult, you know. And so we just kind of prep the, the basic prep cook for, you know, usually I don't like to cook for more than two to three days because it won't, it'll taste kind of funky after a while, right? So, and no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, the the important thing about um, flexible dieting is not eating garbage as much as you want. It is, it is having that flexibility to eat what you really want within your macronutrients, so you could adhere to your you know to this to this lifestyle, opposed to eating all the food you don't like and then still binging for a week. You see that? Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. You know. There's a big, there's a big difference, and uh, once in a while, I'll catch my wife, and I know my wife's listening because I told her I'm going to be on the show, and um, I'll come home, and you know she, she's a nurse, she works in the ICU, and she's been doing, you know, she's my partner in crime, working out, my training partner for for 25 years, and wow. so she does this flexible dieting thing too, but she's she has something up her sleeve. What she'll do is she'll save all her calories to eat stuff that. She, you know, I can't eat. You know what I mean? So I'll come home and I'm like, "How did you get that? How are you? How are you eating that cake?" And she'll say, "Well, I saved my calories for my protein. I'm just gonna not eat as much protein today, and I don't care. I can't take it no more. I gotta have this cake. I'm gonna eat it." And you know what? It works. It's you know, it's not the best form of calories, but it's better psychologically, mentally, and even physically better to. Eat what you want within the range and still be able to count the calories and c- control the food and then get back on track, opposed to eating an abundance of calories and then having to pay the price later on of binging yes. and then trying to starve yourself. So it kind of taught us something, and we started doing this in 2016, you know, this whole flexible dieting thing. And it's worked out pretty good. I mean, I've gotten down as lean as I've ever been doing it at 158 pounds. And I've never been that lean. I was a little bit afraid of that, you know, to be honest with you, because, you know, I've I never been that 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 lean. But um, mm-hmm. I think I looked okay this time around. I like to be oh, bigger. Oh, you look amazing, brother. You look amazing. Oh, thank you, Mr. Kalen. But you know what? I would like to, you know, and I did this weekend. I'm telling you, when we left the show, I did eat what I wanted to eat, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I'm back on track again of, you know, slowly getting, you know, back on my macros because I made it so much of a lifestyle that I can't even tolerate some of the stuff that I used to like. Exactly. And, um, yes. But I did eat the pizzas. I wanted to do a Luminati Giordano's thick crust comparison, and I did it. And we paid the price. Trust me, me and my wife were sick. But it oh, wasn't no. sick because we necessarily overate. It's just our system, our body wasn't used to it. wasn't used to it. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It wasn't used to eating that food. And uh, but it was good. And I'm like, wow, this is what we've been waiting for all this time. Big deal, all right? Yeah. So I'm ready to get. You know, we're back on track and we got it out of our system. And that's the cool thing about what flexible dieting does. It, it shows you the value of your calories. You know, you could spend yeah. you could spend 700 calories on I don't know, 16 ounces of chicken seasoned to perfection with some great rice and see, you know, you it is not all plain jane. Or you could eat that candy bar that's 300 grams uh, of, of of gar and you know what there's a big difference and the nutrition and also how satisfied you are. Yeah. So, so it doesn't really you know, satisfy. So that, that's the kind of cool thing with the flexible dieting. It shows you the value of the calories. If you so choose to eat that naughty thing that you don't necessarily like, you'll find out, man, I'm hungry still. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> So the, the so, 
Russia doesn't really satisfy. It, That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's worked for us, <laughs> and I know that it doesn't work. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but it it, it, it doesn't work, work for, for us. We, we I'm just a foodie. Try to make it work. We, we, we lie to ourselves yeah, and try to make it work. I got to oh, get yeah. back to Prince because uh, Prince is a uh, he's a truck driver, obviously, and uh, boy, he, he his health is really suffering. And I guess he had some kind of accident because of the health-related issues. So he's really keen on what we're saying with this. Um, how did you manage to stay away from the vending machines and everything else on the road is what he's asking. Man, you know what? Um, I was really focused on competing. I'm a competitor at heart. And so the competitions kind of really give me that focus. When I started, uh, when I looked at myself in 2016, I said enough is enough because I wasn't looking good. I wasn't holding the, the weight like I used to when I was younger. You know, at 228, yeah, I held it a lot more. My skin was a lot more tighter. And uh, I wasn't looking, looking good at all. And so as I started losing weight, I knew I, I had the idea of I'm going to lose weight. And I want to do a competition again. I, you know, I don't want to, you know, and when you get to your 30s and your late 40s, you start running into more and more people that talk about their college days or when I used to play football, I used to look this way. And I used to talk to a lot of dads. And, you know, we all used to have these conversations about, well, back in the day, I used to run a mile. And I, and I hate that. I really detested it. And um, I was like, you know what? I hate talking about what I used to do. It's time to do – I want to be do that again. You know what I mean? I don't want to fall into that, that trap where, you know, you just become uh, one of those, well, I used to do type of people. And so I got really focused on doing this with the goal of competing again and uh, competing to actually in make it a lifestyle opposed to doing it for a competition and blowing up again, you know what I mean, after competition binging. And with the flexible dieting, and I, I know I sound like I'm going on a rant as an advocate for it, it made it to where it was livable for me personally. Yeah. It was livable. So as I lost the weight, I was body weight, and I thought, I, you know, my body composition was good enough to step on stage, and I did it. And after maintain a decent body weight without binging, because I remember back in the day, Kaylin, when uh, I competed before this technology of counting macros and having a phone that, you know, we scan barcodes, you know, deduct the calories for you. Before that technology was available, we boiled chicken. And we boiled mm -hmm. chicken and <laughs> distilled water and ate rice. That'd and be, we did all this hocus well, pocus stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. back when I was competing, you know, when I competed in 2000, we, you know, all we knew is that you had to eat clean. Carbs were bad, fat was bad. I mean, I told my wife we must have ate almost close to no fat back then, because all we knew was you got to eat chicken and rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, we carb rotated. That's what we did back in the day is we carb rotated starchy and fibrous. Outside of that, it was the same food day in, day out, and it wasn't livable. So, um, yeah. you know, doing the competition to have really uh, got me into the zone of one day competing again. And it took, um, it took a, a year of recomping my body before that became a reality. And when I stepped on stage in 2017, I believe it was August of 2017 to Mr. Illinois and uh that was it wasn't Joliet um Peoria excuse me it was in Peoria Illinois Morton. Okay, I don't think that Morton. do you remember that Yeah it's Morton Morton Illinois Yep it used to Well this one was in Peoria it was Mr. Illinois that I did Yeah yeah and, that's uh, Morton it, it says Peoria but it's yeah. Morton show. Yeah, it's really it's probably right on the border. Really close. Yeah, well, I remember. Yeah, so I, I, I know that, that one. Well. Yep, and uh, we did that one, and it was a good time. And I was a little worried about after the show of my um, post competition antics getting out of hand, and it wasn't so bad. You know, it was around August, and so I knew we had the birthdays coming up, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and 
I think I got up to about 190, and uh, a lot of it was just sodium reaction over a couple months. And, you know, I just got sick of counting macros and weighing food. And uh, and I got just got back on track, and I started losing weight again for the next next season. Um. Yeah, you know, with flexible dieting, it only could take you so far. Place of um, where you have to make some sacrifices on your nutrition choices. Okay. No, you definitely do. Even with flexible dieting. Even with flexible dieting. Yeah, you're you're going to get to a point for bodybuilding competition where you're going to all your calories are going to come from super clean sources, and you'll be lucky to have anything else that could come in because you will hit a wall sooner or later, and one or a couple things may happen. You may either have to take a diet break, or you may have to um, altogether just have a refeed uh, or multiple refeeds. But they all have to come from nutritious sources to get to that next level of body fat, of body composition that's required to be successful. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, and I'm glad there are lots <laughs> of you know different ways out there to do things. And flexible sure. dieting, I'm a fan of it. And if it works for you, and you found a way to make it, um, you know, a lifestyle, as you said, and not just a diet, then that's definitely the route that you need to go. And so do you keep a microwave in your truck? There's no microwave. I, I got used to eating my food cold, okay? So Gotcha. Um all my yeah. Uh huh. All my rice and chicken and steak and all that stuff is eaten cold. And and yeah, yeah that's how we roll. Yeah. You know, that's how and we roll. I used to be it's in really, I feel you because I used to be one where if it wasn't warm, I wasn't going to eat it. But when I started training and competing, you know, in earnest, I just learned that, all right, it's either going to have to be lukewarm or cold at times in order to get it in and get it down. Otherwise, my option is right. going to be something that I don't want to eat or really shouldn't be eating. So you sure. definitely do get, you definitely do get used to that. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Well, hats off to you and for the dedication to make it work because that's that's really what it's all about. If you really want it, you're going to you're gonna do what you need to do to get it, and that's, that's yeah. the long end. The, the hardest it. part, Ivy, about driving and trying to do this, especially for bodybuilding competition more so than just everyday mm-hmm. lifestyle, is the water intake, is drinking the water the weeks leading into the competition because we don't have washrooms in our truck. So I find myself running, <laughs> running to the water. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing is I do pick up and deliveries, kind of like what FedEx or UPS does. You know, you drive around with the loaded trailer, you make the deliveries, and then when you're empty, you make pickups. So I'm always at a, you know, usually the same customers I see them on a day-to-day basis. And as soon as I go to that customer's, uh, to that workplace, I'm running to their washroom. They already know. I'm, before I do anything with them, I'm going to your washroom. So I, my, my pattern is to give you some, this is my last week or two before the competition, I was drinking two gallons of water a day. You know, and uh, what would take place was is that once I use the washroom, I'll drink two bottles of water. Man. And I kept. I kept that up for the last week or so in order to keep things moving. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't easy. My wife was like, you know, you're going to have to carry something with you because it was bad. And uh, so I'm going <laughs> to. An empty bottle. Yeah, you know, I've learned some things uh, about water intake as we went for this last prep. I probably shouldn't have to drink that much until the last week. I'm going to take vacation next time I do a competition because it's just too hard driving and drinking that water, especially when you're lower on body fat, you know. So it gets a little difficult um, doing the two. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. And that's real talk there, folks. Real talk. All right, guys. So clearly mm-hmm. we've got Kaylin on the line with us. We've got Freddie here. We've got two of the uh, 
men's bodybuilding competitors from the Windy City Natural. So let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. We don't have a, a lot of time to get real in depth into the show. Um, we've got about 20 minutes left on tonight, but let's talk about so. Kaylin and Freddie, you both were in uh, the men's 40 plus, the uh, men's bodybuilding open. Freddie, you were the only one in classic physique. So kind of break it down for us, the competitors that were there and just thoughts, backstage antics. Let's let's hear all about it. Whoever wants to start first. Let's do it. I'll let the guests go. Did you want to go, Kaylin? No, you can go ahead. Uh, we'll, let, we'll we'll turn that over to you, and then oh. I'll I'll piggyback you. Okay. Uh, well, it was a you know, this is a big show. This yes. is uh well, Brian does a, a a great job of putting on a big show, and uh, 115 plus. To me, I told Brian, Brian, you know, he's a promoter. That to me personally, this is like an Olympia to me because it's, Chicago is my hometown. And it's kind of a personal place for me. So <clears throat> it was great. Uh, everyone's so friendly backstage, you know, all the guys, all the new guys. And I've kind of come to grips with my age a little bit. You know, I'm 44. I've kind of got to the place where I look at these guys and I'm like, wow, I'm old, right? And, <laughs> well, I'm older. I'm older, okay? I'm older and they don't recognize it just yet, and they're looking at me like, who's this guy? And I'm I'm just encouraged by the amount of young people that are getting yeah. into the sport. And uh, even, you know what, men's physique with the board shorts and everything else, I love it because it's allowing guys to step into bodybuilding uh, in an intermediate way. If not, some of them make it uh, a permanent place they stay. And they excel, you know. They certainly don't stay small. They get they get decent sized muscle even in men's physique. But we're seeing guys crossing over from men's physique into classic physique, and uh, that's changing things a little bit as far as uh, the requirements and the criteria that's involved. Uh, what judges are looking for. So I really feel like um, it's a very positive competition. Um, just uh, how the guys are carrying themselves with sportsmanship and everything else like that. Um, uh, I have fun. I know Kalen has fun, and I have fun. And uh, but overall, it, it was just really well done. The stage lighting seemed to be a lot better, aren't Kalen? I don't know if you were there oh, last yes. year, but the stage oh, the yes. stage lighting seemed to be. Uh, superb compared to what, how it was last time and um it was just overall just a great experience ivy i mean um i don't have anything bad to say about i mean the trophies are beautiful yeah you know one of the thing one of the things in a competition is uh if you get a trophy you want a trophy right yeah and, right uh, me and my wife I, i'm I, i'm losing all this weight doing this thing I want something nice. I'm at that age where I'm like, you know, I want a reward for this, you know. So I, I really enjoyed the trophies that they, you know, and the the medals that Brian puts together there. It's, you know, Brian, you know, it's a family affair for him. You know, it's him emceeing and his wife and his son competed. And by the way, uh, Brian's son, uh, I've seen him this this time around in classic and he really made some big big changes to his physique and i know i talked to him and he said he wants to compete against his dad one day and that's his goal so that would be i really enjoy that yeah oh it would i really like that atmosphere because that's you know my wife is my partner in crime as far as she's my you know my second set of eyes my son and it's just a great family atmosphere there, you know. It, it set up real nice. And, you know, I got to go back to the seminar that he held. And, you know, just thinking about the people that had an interest. And then you look at the uh, the people that actually showed up. And there were plenty of people at that seminar that really had the drive and whatever. And then this is what I talk about with prep, how, you know, everybody wants to get going. But like uh, Freddie said, there's going to be days where you have to persevere. 
And that's when the true challenge of competition, I think, is really at its best is when you don't want to do things and you still find a way. And that's, that's what brings out the competitive nature that we need to see on stage and really what holds is basically the glue for the fit families that's established in natural bodybuilding. So when we had that start out, you know, we had a lot of good people with a great intent. And then the ones that did mm. hold on and make it to the stage really were blessed with the way Brian and way, uh, way Chalet had brought it out because they do care. You, you do matter. And, and, and those things really, tr- they transform a show in more ways than people can really find the value for because everyone's engaged. And then I have to go to the, the passionate side of, of, of Brian and, and, and way where they reached out to the kids and, and made them a part of the event. And, you know, where they said, you know, we're not charging a dime. The tickets were there and, and the kids didn't even have to do anything but show up. That's, you know, that's family. That's how you take care of family. That's how you engage in the next generation and have them more concerned about health and fitness. When you have at-risk children learning that people do care about you, you know, you do matter. And, you know, it, it really makes an environment worth being a part of. I was so in love with everything about that show that I was literally forgetting that I had to compete. And yeah. when you can be in that, in that kind of environment, that's honestly amazing because most of the time your mind is just set on getting the show done, getting your food in, getting this, that, whatever. I'm basically, you know, are the kids here? Is Brian needing help? Uh, do you want me to do interviews? I mean, there, there was so much going on. And and we were just enjoying everything about it. I mean, we're back, me and, me and Freddie, I'm walking back and forth. I'm talking to his wife about when she's going to be competing. It's like uh, like a family reunion other than a competition. And that's the kind of atmosphere I love to be a part of, and that's why I love natural bodybuilding so much. This is to, to see Brian uh, setting things up the way he did. And, you know, and when I say Brian, I'm always including Wei Chalet in that his wife. So don't. Don't think I'm yeah. being uh, in particular, but he's 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 the one listed as promoter, so that's why I'm saying his name. So please don't anyone misunderstand where I'm going with that. Um, but it, it's just amazing when you can have that, and and then the level of competition that stepped on stage. I mean, mind blowing, mind blowing, men and women. It was just phenomenal to see the physiques that were up there, uh, Freddie included. So when you when you have that kind of competition showing up to a passionate promoter's show that lets you know the mutual respect on both sides. And it, it was just really amazing to see with uh, the level of competition in each category. Cause usually you can say that men's physique look good or men's classic physique look good or, or the bodybuilding side look good or the figure side look good. Every category had top notch competition and it was just so great to see. What do you think this? No, I mean it sounds like it was. So let's let's talk about <laughs> what was going on on stage. So you guys were stepping out there head to head, toe to toe. I mean, what what were you thinking? Walk walk us through the mandatories and the the pose down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was in three categories, so I had to be prepared for Woo! being incredible, incredibly sore. Um, yeah, I had stepped on stage at 440 and had to maintain condition until then. This is all new, new to me as far as learning yeah. how to stay full and not flatten out and keep my nerves all calm. And so, so um, I know I stepped on stage for men's 40 plus at 440 and had to turn around in an hour and be out there for bodybuilding open. And then at six o'clock for classic, so I didn't have a whole lot of time in between uh, <laughs> relaxing my muscles, you know. So it was uh, it was interesting, but I it was also I think it played into my experience uh, posing and things like that. Um, I did a lot of posing leading up to the competition, so that wasn't so. It made a big difference on uh, the stamina that, that I needed. Uh, to do that and taking part of the posing classes 
that were offered by Midwest mm-hmm. Posing School. I'll give a shout-out to Midwest Posing School and Matt Duress and his team. Uh, it was really, really helpful. And we traveled, my wife and I included, to different places where they held these uh, posing uh, school classes. So it was neat. And that it paid off big time because while a lot of guys were huffing and puffing, I was standing there stone faced like, "Come on, bring it!" Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I am older than them. I am nice. older than them, and that's the that's the advantage of wisdom is that you know better that you have to practice, and if you you got to be able to handle it. And so it was difficult, but not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. And so. Um, next time around, I'm just going to keep on doing my routine of posing as I should. And, um, yeah. but you know, what was really cool about it, Kaylin, that I really enjoyed is I was able to do a posing routine twice. Um, yes. Brian gave me the opportunity to do a freestyle posing routine, not once, but twice. I had my own that I was doing in classic. And then I was, I went out there for the men's 40 plus. And I did one for men's 40 plus, and it was a freestyle routine, and I really enjoy it. I like I tell my wife it's about putting a show on, mm-hmm. and yep. I en- I enjoyed putting a show on, and uh, that that I feel like I was able to do, and more important than winning classic physique or even men's open bodybuilding was I got to do something that brought a smile to my face. Yes. And that that's, yeah, very positive. I mean, come on. We all go into win. Sometimes we don't like the decisions. Sometimes judges even make mistakes. Nothing's perfect. But in the long term, it's a positive thing. It's a great experience. And basically, that's what's taking, that's taking place. I remember on the competitive side, uh, getting ready for uh, men's 40 plus, and I looked down the it – was, it, it was funny. I looked down the hall – and I see Kalen pumping up. I'm like, oh, no. I'm going against oh. Kalen. We're going to be <laughs> next. You know, and it was the, the, the coolest thing ever. Because when, we look at, when I look at the video, me and him got the biggest smiles. And you know what? The other gentleman, I don't know his name. But he, it was three of us in the men's 40 plus. And that guy was so excited. I think he competed, Desiree, in every category there was. But men's Yes, physique. he did. And he was running around. He was so excited, and he would come out and hoot and holler. It was was, was so funny. And it was so uplifting because it took the pressure of the day off of taking things a little bit too serious. So we're all up there smiling and having a great time. Not only that, we had a whole bunch of kids there. I believe they were with you, Kalen, screaming and yelling. And uh, so that that made my day. That really made it a great experience. So I'm excited at uh you know to be part of it at this time i hope it really stays this way within natural bodybuilding yes. the camaraderie and just uh the vibe in of itself i really do hope it stays that way cuz it's really cool it really does make it a great experience for everybody but um it, you know being in beautiful. the men being being in the men's open was a a challenge for me because i was a smaller of the guys there and uh, men's classic, I was a little confused. I'm going to be honest with you, a little confused what they're looking for for men's classic. Um, so, you know, I walk away from that kind of like, okay, I uh, have to really rethink of what my strategy is going to be as a competitor if I'm going to do classic again or just do regular bodybuilding. So that's something I got to get feedback from the judges as far as what they're looking for in that, in that particular category. But other than that, okay, gotcha. I mean, and that and that's a question I have, and not to shortchange Kalen because we definitely want to hear about all of his experience with the kids and this and that. But we're just running short on time, and I know we're going to cover the Windy City more in depth in a future show, hopefully on Thursday. So, KP, if it's okay with you, I would like to hold more of your thoughts for then, uh, because we only have a few more minutes with Freddie. But that was the question that was lingering in my mind, Freddie, is kind of what was your takeaway from the judges' feedback, if you even have it yet, and what, you know, what are you going to be working on 
as you look towards competitions in the future. And I definitely got to hear more about your wife at some point because it sounds like she might be stepping on stage too. Yeah, she will be. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait because she's a, such a hard worker. Um, I, you know, I'm confused about the men's classic physique at large in general. Um, as a whole, because I believe bodybuilding is classic. You know, once we take symmetry mm-hmm. out of bodybuilding and we take proportion out of bodybuilding, I believe we're left with something other than bodybuilding. So men's classic has been this anomaly to me at its onset in natural bodybuilding. In, in enhanced sports, it makes kind of sense. It's a step up in drug use. But in natural bodybuilding, I think it's still kind of in its pain, um, growing pains. You know, the criteria is changing what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Either too hard or you're too soft. You know what I mean? So I'm really at odds right now as to gotcha. what the future future holds for me in classic um as much as I feel like I was made for that particular um division I really feel my you know that I was made for that I really put a great a uh, lot of effort into my posing routine emphasis on my transitions and posing and um so I'm just not sure what is what's going to happen with me with that because uh, I I wasn't uh, prepared for my placing um, coming into that placing. So um, coming into third, I was a little perplexed as to what I needed. Looking at the criteria, I was wondering what did I not meet and how does that compare to the standard of what has won. So I've been doing some deep soul searching here. <laughs> well, and you, know, you know, and that's part of it too. And that's part of it too. It's just figuring yep. out where your niche is and really and really going after it. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Now, when your wife um, jumps on stage, what category is it that you think she'll be competing in? She wants to be competing in a woman's bodybuilding, which they now yes. call physique, right? So she's a bodybuilder, and she's not so much interested in the heels, but she says she's willing to do that just for the sake of having competition because there's not too many women physique competitors. So she's looking to do possibly maybe figure, maybe one day. If if she could um, cross over, she might do that. But um, she her heart is bodybuilding. And let me tell you, She's pretty hardcore. I'm trying to keep up to her, seriously. So um, it may it may very well happen. She has her uh, sights on a show coming up possibly in March. You know, we we keep pushing back um, to get. She's such a nitpicker of herself, so critical of how she looks. So she's she's probably going to do a show positively in March, and she's thinking about the PNBA. Uh, show in Madison, Wisconsin. That's coming up. I forgot the name of it. All yeah, right. Forgive me for that. Yeah. That's all right. So that's all right. Well, tell yeah, her if she needs that. to get on stage because she'll be nitpicking until the cows come home. She just needs <laughs> to get on stage and experience yeah. it, and she, then go from there. <laughs> and right. then go from there. Right. I, so quickly, I was stalking absolutely. your Facebook page, and she looks like she would be great in women's physique or women's bodybuilding. I'm not sure which, because I, you know, I, I've only seen just a, a few little pictures of her, but given, if if her size is true to what the pictures are showing, I think she, they, they she'd be happier in either of those categories versus figure, because I feel like she's beyond figure, but I, you know, I haven't seen her in person, so I don't really know. But that's just food oh, for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> food for thought there. And you're right. We do need her. We des- we desperately need more women in women's physique and women's bodybuilding. So that is very exciting to me that uh, she may be stepping yeah, up into the ring. Sure. And with and with Absolutely. that being said, dude, I just have to say thank you for your time and sharing with us. Yeah, thank you. I know that we have had listeners that have benefited greatly from your story, you know, Prince and other truck drivers that are out there that are concerned with their health but have a real life living, breathing example 
someone who is in that profession but is making, you know, his health um, goals work. Yeah. And that's it's exactly working. what you're yep. doing. So that is awesome. And um, thank you. We just wish you the best of everything going forward. We know you're going to be great, whatever it is that you decide to do. You know, classic physique, men, bodybuilding. You're going to rock it. You're going to get that pro card. You're going to win that overall. So just keep after it, dude. Absolutely. We will. Thank you so much for the encouragement. You know, we got to represent us middle-agers. So. There you go. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Squad. You got the master squad. You got the master squad right here on the phone. And bodybuilding is one of those sports where you really can and do get better with age. So just keep that in mind. And with all that being said, Amen. on behalf of Freddie, the 2019 Windy City Naturals, we're going to talk about that some more in a later show. Kaylin, truck sure. drivers everywhere. Good health. Uh, the boys at P4P Muscle, and, of course, those those snickerdoodle sprinkles I was talking about earlier today. Your body is a yes. temple, so let's build it. 